Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... This episode of the Children's Book Podcast is sponsored by Picture Book Summit. Do you dream of creating picture books that'll change a child's life? I know I do. Learn how to find your voice at Picture Book Summit, a world-class online conference for picture book authors and illustrators. You can join Picture Book Summit on Saturday, October 3rd, 2020 for keynotes from their award-winning best-selling lineup, including author-illustrator Sophie Blackall, author Lisa Klein-Ransom, and author-illustrator Peter H. Reynolds. Register by August 12th and get $100 off the regular price at picturebooksummit.com slash winner. That's picturebooksummit.com slash winner. Alice, can you hear me? I feel like I see Alice. I feel, I feel that I see Alice. Hey, hey, hey did I, I did hear Alice? <laughs> did I make it? I didn't know how to answer the phone. I was like, did I make it? I, was like, I just heard beeping. <laughs> oh my word, Alice, I've missed you. <laughs> how are y'all doing? All it took was hello for me to realize that I'm like blushing. I'm glad we're not using video. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> To quote one of today's guests, regardless of the struggle, your success will come. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 615. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. Today I'm joined by Alice Faye Duncan and debut children's book illustrator Charnel Pinkney Barlow. And the hope and the promise from the quote I read a minute ago, that is woven tightly through today's book and everything that went into creating it. Just like a mama shines a light on caregivers and children not connected by blood, but by love. There are many different reasons why kids might not live with their biological parents, and this is a truth that Alice has had on her heart a long time as this book idea germinated. What resulted, I think you'll agree, was well worth the wait. Listeners, please make sure you find the opportunity to read this story and to be moved by the care that brought it into being. Please welcome my guests, Alice Faye Duncan and Charnel Pinkney Barlow, author and illustrator of Just Like a Mama. Good morning, everyone. 
I'm Alice Faye Duncan, pronouns she, her, hers. I write books for young readers and my latest book for 2020 is Just Like a Mama, published by Simon & Schuster and illustrated by the illustrious Charnel Pinckney Barlow. <laughs> well, that's Aww, the greatest that's introduction. <laughs> Charnel, why don't you introduce yourself? Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Charnel. Um, I am a children's book illustrator. Um, and like Alice said, our, our latest book is just like a mama. Um, I go by she, her, hers. Um, and I am currently in Indianapolis, Indiana. Well, I hope Whoa. you are, are did staying you, safe. Did you move? <laughs> uh, what, you were in Atlanta. Did you leave? Yes, we moved right as everything started shutting down. Oh, oh my God. Oh it my God. was so, crazy. Oh, my God. But you're safe and sound, and that is, that's marvelous. Now, are you yes. all still military? Are you civilians now? What are y'all doing? So my husband is still in the Army Reserves, um, but we did move up here for his new job because he's um, a chaplain at the uh, the federal prison oh, okay. up here. Um, that is so amazing. <laughs> yeah, so that's what that's what brought us up to Indiana, and it was it was I would not you know um, advise moving during a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> really, you don't say. I, I love that, that the chance for you to get to know Indiana was moving during a pandemic. I would ask, how are you settling in? But really, yes. you've just seen your home for the past three months. Exactly. It's been crazy because obviously we haven't been able to explore. Um, so we're kind of just, you know, settling into our apartment and um, trying to stay connected to our family and friends in Atlanta because we don't have any people up here yet. Um, so it's been interesting. It hasn't been bad. We really enjoy the area that we're in. So, so that's a plus. Cool. Was Congratulations your, to you. Was your husband working in, um, as a chaplain in a different prison system and then was moved? Like, how does that, how does that work to be moved? I'm a teacher. I'm pretty much staying where I am. How does it work for other people <laughs> to be moved around the country? <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because um, we were active duty military for about five or six years. So okay. we were originally stationed in Alaska, then we moved to North Carolina, um, and then my husband decided to become a chaplain. He was in the Army Band. Um, he decided oh, to become cool. a chaplain, and that's what brought us back to Atlanta. He's originally from the Atlanta area. Um, and so we were in Atlanta for three years while he was in school um, and he was working at a seminary in Atlanta doing like recruiting and stuff like that um, while trying to apply for the prison job. And so that's a whole nother story in itself. Oh, no doubt. Um, but he um, is still in the Army Reserve. So he was doing that as well as working at the seminary. Um, and we finally got uh, the position that he was going after um, and that brought us up here to Indiana. So we're used to moving because yeah. of military, but we haven't ever moved like a big move as civilians, which this move was. Um, so that was. <laughs> well, I'm glad you made it. I'm glad that, that things are. I'm glad you got a story out of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, 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 you know, the, it sounds like you both are, are staying safe and managing the best you can. And I mean, we're here talking about this gorgeous picture book that you've got your debut charnel and, mm -hmm. uh, and another beautiful book from alice 
Um, and uh, I'm really excited to talk about Just Like a Mama. But first, I think, Alice, it's probably best if I give you a chance to to share what is this book? How are you book talking it? How are you sharing it with others? Um, I'm I'm saying that the book is about uh, relationships between caregivers and children who are not connected by blood, but connected by love. Love is the tie that binds. Love is the uh, the bridge that heals. And so at this time when society is plagued by a variety of social maladies like drug addiction, um, uh, and we have children and parents separated uh, because of sometimes death, uh, sometimes uh, incarceration, Sometimes biological parents just um, don't have the skills or the provision to take care of a child. And so you have that child who finds herself and finds himself in a home uh, where he is not connected by blood, but being loved and cherished and cared for um, by a, a fictive kin, you know, someone who is not a real blood relative. Um, but someone who's just decided to stand in the gap and to be a maternal or a paternal uh, force in that child's life. Stand and so that's why in I the wrote gap. It. I love that phrase, Alice, to stand in the gap. <laughs> yeah, and so that's why I wrote it. But But also the story, it was inspired during my first year teaching, which was 27 years ago in 1993. Um, I had a student who lived with her grandmother and the student would literally come to school every day, shiny as a brand new penny, (laughs) but she, but, but she did not live at home with her mom. She was being cared for by her grandmother. And while she was very much loved in that home and and while she was very much adjusted in that home, she still, you know, every now and then she expressed Uh, a longing and a missing for her mom, her real mom. And so that gave me the idea. I wrote it and over two decades and some years, um, the book was finally published. And I I do believe in in fate, serendipity. I do believe in uh, providence. And so perhaps the the reason that the book took so long is because you know, the universe was waiting for the right illustrator to convey the love, the energy and the liveliness and yes. delightness and joy um, of the little girl in a home uh, with her caregiver. And I think Chanel did that like supremely. Absolutely. Exquisitely <laughs> this art. Word. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Chanel, I'd love to ask, what were you doing in 1997? <laughs> <But> <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't need to share. <laughs> you started out your journey toward ultimately making this book. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, um, I have to say, Chanel, because this is the first time you and I have ever uh, spoken, that following mm-hmm. my conversation with Alice gosh, like a year, year and a half ago, whatever it was, Alice. Um, I, I don't remember when that was, but I remember how quickly 
you sang the praises of this book and of Charnel, and this is the person to watch. I think I remember getting a, a Christmas card or something, too, to that effect. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> that was uh, Charnel's Christmas card. It was Charnel. Uh, oh, yeah. And that was one of the people that I sent your card to because I th- think it was like six or seven cards and on everybody's card, I told them to like, you know, keep watch keep for watch. this particular illustrator because she's going to do great things in the world. Yeah. And I have it. I keep it right in my library. I keep it right where I see it every day. And uh, <laughs> here you are with this book and, it, and it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. It's really beautiful work. I'd love to know how you came into uh, illustration. I meant that sort of <laughs> silly from 1997, but I know that people come into illustration for different reasons. So what what's your story for creating for children? Um, well, I grew up in a very creative family. Um, <laughs> my parents have done books together. Um, my mom authored, my dad did the for, photography for it um my grandparents you know my granddad does children's book illustration my grandma writes um my aunt and uncle my aunt does authoring and she's also um an editor um and my uncle uh does the illustrations and then I have cousins that draw and dance so it's always been around um I will say I didn't think that I was necessarily going to end up in it because um, my older brother was the one who loved to draw and stuff and I would kind of just do whatever he was doing um, but but I somehow ended up falling into it um, you know I really enjoyed art and I started pursuing it more um, and my grandparents really encouraged me my parents really encouraged me um, and then I would have key teachers here and there that really, you know, encouraged me as well. Um, So I did go to school for illustration. Um, I went to University of the Arts in Philadelphia. And then I went to the School of Visual Arts um, to get my master's in illustration. Um, And so those were really amazing programs. Um, And then after that, so that was back in 2012 was when I graduated from SVA. Hmm. Um, And then me and my husband moved to Alaska directly after that. Um, And so while we were in Alaska, I had a bunch of health problems that I was dealing with um, that had kind of been starting in my undergrad years. Um, And so I actually kind of stopped creating for like two and a half, three years because like I just couldn't. Um, But once I got a handle on that, that's when I started like giving myself assignments and doing commissions for like friends, family, um, people that would find me on Instagram. Um, and so that's how I kept my portfolio up, which was wonderful because that's kind of how Deneen found me. Um, and so I'd always wanted to, to, um, be a children's book illustrator, you know, after going to school and stuff, I was like, yes, like this is what I want to do. Um, so it definitely wasn't a linear route to get to it. But I'm so glad that I'm finally here and doing it. Um, and this book was, I mean, I could not ask for a better first first book. It's so, the both of you together, I would have thought that you sat down together to make it. It just feels like it's hard to tell where one ends and the other picks up. I also found that I was so drawn to your color story in this book, Charnel, the, the purples and yellows and, and those hues that you use were just so beautifully woven. 
uh, into the story and in the way that the story in that way is told in the way that our eyes read the pictures. I'm thinking of the bike and the blackbirds and, and different compositions like, like mm-hmm. that. It's just so wonderful. I think, yeah. I, well, I, I just, I think that it moves. I, I like what Charnel does with the movement and the joy. I don't have the words to articulate it, but I just, I mean, it's, it's energetic and delightful and, you know, it, it's just, it's moving. It is. And I, 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 I just, I like it. Did you find, it, Alice, that you, that you followed the eyes and the chins of the characters in particular? I was like, this is clearly like very thoughtful I, composition in the art because this, this little girl, <laughs> you just follow Carol Olivia Clementine. You follow the way that her chin and eyes point to everything. You could just, you can just or read Or the her. expressions. I, I think yeah. the thing. Was, it was the expression, the expressions of the child, the expressions of the mom. Um, mm. They were they were very distinct as you go. You know, you know, they were just very distinct and and very like filled with the emotion of joy. And I just I liked it. I mean, I, I just thought it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I really like. I really tried to capture just that that joy that Alice brings to to the writing like okay who is Carol how does she act um you know what colors do I associate with that Hmm. um and then trying to to capture that softness um but also that strength and that joy that she has um and then trying to capture that duality right how Alice was saying um how the character um, and then, you know, the little girl that she knew in real life, you know, you have that love in this family. In the story, Carol gets that love from Mama Rose and she loves being with her. um, But she also at the same time really misses her parents. Right. And it's okay to have both of those feelings at the same time. Um, So it was trying to show like, okay, what are all these emotions and how can I show that in pictures? That is one of my favorite spreads that you do, actually. That exact moment where the text reads, My mother and father live far away. I wish we lived together. I wish that they were here. But I live with Mama Rose right now. She's just like a mama to me. And you have Carol in, let me count, one, two, three, four, in five different poses with hands in pocket and, and crossing her arms and just sort of feeling the emotion and not knowing what to do with it. And then we follow her eyes up to Mama Rose and we, we leave the page with the two of them hand in hand. And it's it's a it's a sweet, wordless moment. And I find that there's a lot of that going on that both you, Alice, and Charnel have have brought what it means to be in relationship with another person, uh what it what it means to be a, a parent figure to a person without always directly saying those things that they're doing together. And I think that is what, uh, to me, really drives the intimacy in this story. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Hey there, book nerds. You know what's even better than hearing bookmakers share stories of how their ideas became the stories you love? Having those stories in your home, your classroom, your library, or your life to be enjoyed over and over. 
bookshop.org allows you to purchase your favorite books from the show and support local bookstores while doing it. I even maintain lists of all the books shared each season, so it's easy to find what you're looking for. Visit matthewcwinner.com and click on Shop, or use the link in the show notes to find your next favorite story. I, I don't know when writing a book, however, you could picture the way a story would turn out. Um, and I think, Alice, for you to be sitting with this story for you know, 20 years with it potentially changing shape a little bit. I'm sure that it's it, oh, there. You worked on the words. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it changed shape several times. Yes, it did. <laughs> and then to have it turn this way, to have it be who these two are that feel so lived in. There's so many moments, Charnel, that I love that you and Alice both don't in, don't ever, ever attempt to erase Carol's family. Her, mm-hmm. or I should say, her, 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 her mother and father, um, as it were. We have we have photos on the wall. We have these moments that are glimpses of, of um, those parents, but constant reminders that that Mama Rose is here and has expectations and loves <laughs> in a certain way. I love the the one picture of the arm extending to redo the room. Oh yeah. <laughs> she was like skulking off like, oh my gosh, okay. And yeah. and you you feel that sulking, right? I mean you yeah. and you can hear her feet. There are no foot sounds, but you can hear her feet and her angst like I gotta go. You know? <laughs> it, it was it was beautiful. It was beautiful. <laughs> But yeah, so that was something that um, me and Deneen talked about was keeping, making sure that we show Carol with her, her biological parents, um, because there are so many different reasons why kids, you know, might not live with, with their blood relatives. um, And it's not always something negative, you know, like, we wanted to show that Carol, you know, has love from her from her parents and she had good times but for some reason you know right now this is where she has to be and and even so like she can still be reminded of of all the love that's outside of the house as well exactly and and when Charnel mentions Deneen she's talking about Deneen Milner who is our editor um at Simon and Schuster and yes. so Deneen Milner is like responsible for connecting Charnel to my book. Um, I am not, uh, I, I don't, I'm not sure how they met or connected, but I'm sure it is an interesting story. Uh, I'd love to hear it. I would love to hear because all I heard was Instagram. <laughs> yeah, so um, one day I got in the, an email from Denise and she's like, hey, so, um, I think it was the art director had found me on Instagram and she showed Deneen my Instagram and he was like, so um, would you be interested in um, illustrating this book? And I was like, um, yeah, let's, you know, let's, let's have a conversation. And so we talked on the phone and she's like, okay, I really want you to do this book. And, and before you say no, this is, this is why I think you should. I'm like, I'm, I'm not saying no, no. I want to do it. <laughs> She was like, before you say no, I'm like, I'm not saying no, I want to, I want to. 
Um, and, you know, she sent me over the manuscript and I was like, okay, this is a definite yes. Like, wow. I loved it. Um, it was such a beautiful story and one that you don't often see in children's books. Um, even though there are a lot of different family types and stuff out there, I think it's important to show all of the different ways a family can look. Yeah. Um, and so it did not take any convincing at all. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and so, and so to be clear, you never said my grandfather is Jerry Pinckney. My uncle is Brian Pinckney. My aunt is Andrea Pinckney. You never popped your collar and, and gave your credentials and your pedigree. Deneen actually didn't find out till the book was already done and it oh, was cool. going to, to publishing. And I had kind of mentioned it in passing. I forget what we were talking about, but we were, you know, emailing back and forth about something. I was like, yeah, you know, such and such my grandma. And she's like, wait, wait. So you're like Pinkney, Pinkney? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> she's like, why didn't you tell me? I'm sort of of I, a legacy. I, <laughs> <laughs> but how pure is it that those decisions, those choices, the 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 book contract, the the coming to you at all from your Instagram came from such a pure place of of mm-hmm. finding a connection to your art. Mm-hmm. It sort of it feels almost to me in my in my perspective now with the book already being out, I sort of imagine it as being quite liberating to not feel um the thought of why am I being offered this opportunity? It comes purely because of the the work that I have shown others. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, my, my family's never put that pressure on me, which is probably why I've never thought to, to just be like, Oh yeah. You know, I, I have this relation or whatever. Um, it's always just been like, you know, like that's my granddad. That's what he does. That's cool. um, and he's amazing at it, but you know, like we're, we're two separate people. Um, and so he's always there for encouragement and stuff, but, um, I think it's wonderful to, to get that, that project and stuff, knowing that it was purely because, um, you know, there was a connection to, to what I do. Right. Your talent, your gift, your mm-hmm. offering. Absolutely. Do you, let me, I have a separate question for each of you in a second, but, but Charnel, first let me ask, do you, um, share the work you're doing in process with any of your family members or extended family members that, that are illustrators or do you perhaps, uh, keep them separate and you have, I don't know, critique groups or, or folks that you, um, already feel connected with that, that provide that for you? Um, well, I show my granddad stuff um, sometimes oh. just because he likes to know what I'm working on and I like showing him stuff. That's sweet. Um, <laughs> and he's always like, he always tells me like ahead of time, like, I'll, if you want advice, ask. But, you know, other than that, I'll just kind of, you know, look at it and take in what you show me. He's like, because I don't want to, you know, overstep or whatever. Um, but now I'm, I'm represented by Lori at Painted Words. Um, and so we started a writing critique group. Um, so I've been sharing stuff with them as well, because I'm trying to work on um, authoring and illustrating my own stories. Um, so, so that's been very exciting. That's wonderful. Well, let me ask you this then, and I have a question that, that goes for you first, Charnel, and then I want to connect it back to Alice. 
when you first got this manuscript, when you're reading it over, when you're considering it, were there um, illustrations? Were there images that, that first popped into your mind, compositions that that maybe even remained in the finished book that we have? I would definitely say yes. Um, there's always a few that kind of pops in. Um, and then the rest, it's kind of like, okay, what do I want to do? Um, but with this one in particular, I definitely um, thought of a few key illustrations. Um, like um, the, I think it's the second image of Mama Rose and Carol in the kitchen. Um, and they're making breakfast and there's blueberry muffins on the table and stuff. That was one that was like, yes. Um, that illustration also... that I'm sorry to jump in, but the text on that is, is everything that the text just <laughs> reads. I live with mama Rose right now. She is just like a mama to me and you have them baking together. I thought what, <laughs> what that, for, for in our household, that is a very strong, um, mama relationship in particular. My daughter loves and lives for making things with mama. <laughs> so that it doesn't say that in the text, but that that is where you took us first. It's just neat. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I cut you off though. No, you're fine. Um, but I kind of was thinking of it as kind of showing them progressively um, throughout like different periods of a day um even though you know the story kind of weaves in and out through different time periods um but so we start off with like carol waking up and our hair is kind of a mess um and then we see them at a different point in the in a morning where they're making breakfast you know muffins and pancakes um and then we kind of progress through the story that way um, and then end with with Mama Rose putting Carol to bed. Um, so that was kind of my thinking of of how I wanted to to visually work through it um, to keep it uh, like coherent and flowing. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just I had a lot of fun with it. Some images did pop out, but there was a lot where. I kind of have to work through like, okay, what are some aspects that I really want to pull out for this page or what could Carol possibly be feeling at this time? Um, and so that's how I, I pulled in that emotion and that joy that we see. To take the whole relationship as a day, a course of a day. That's interesting to do that. And it, it does work really well. Alice, I wonder when you first saw Charnel's illustrations, if there was a spread in particular or a couple spreads that moved you that come to mind? Oh, yes, and absolutely. And I'm, I'm going to look through the book so I can find it. It is the one where they are in the park and uh, Mama Rose is lifting Carol Olivia up to the sky. Uh, it says, in summer, we ride to the city park we listen to the blackbirds sing. Mama Rose tells me often, one day, child, when you grow up, you will spread your wings and fly. Um, that is my favorite. Those are my favorite lines. And, and that is my favorite spread where she's <laughs> lifting her up like a bird. Um, because I think the metaphor there is that, you know, regardless of the struggles of a child's life, 
regardless of the bumps and bruises and and how things sometimes don't uh, work out seamlessly well, then your success, your flight, your your destiny to great heights is not um, is is not hindered. Okay, and so I just I, I like the metaphor and I like the image of the metaphor there. I love too that it follows just just a, a spread after the blackbirds that we see in the park, and that it it sort of mimics that flight. It goes from loving the blackbirds in the park to being on a bicycle, flying almost out of control, yes. to being back in the hands, back in the hands of the one that's caring for you, lifting you up. I thought the way those three pages work uh, in sync with one another is it's beautiful it's just it's it's beautiful visual storytelling and it goes so wonderfully with your text as well alice thank you and i i had not made that connection of flying on the on the bicycle that's like mm-hmm. awesome just like in flight yeah like in flight three times in flight on the bicycle in flight in her mom's arms and in, in her uh caretaker's arms and then in flight in life itself that that's amazing it's beautiful it's poetic it's it's what picture books do best and and you both did it <laughs> you made it. it i'm like God freaking that's it. oh, gorgeous isn't it, I, did it. yeah there's a divine yeah. hand in this for sure yeah. i would love um also to to ask chanel this is getting a little into the weeds but just to ask how you make your art because um it does feel so much like like watercolor like paint but i, I in particular love carol and mama rose's hair and that it feels almost like what do they call it like a crayon relief when you draw in crayon and then you paint over top of it and the mm-hmm. crayon like remembers the wax that's there it feels mm-hmm. like that it's got a, a like a shimmering popping out quality and and it's just something that drew my attention all the time yeah so this book i did um all traditional media so i did um mainly watercolor um, with wash, colored pencil, and gel pen. Um, so gel pen, what you're like seeing... gel pens that I know yeah. gel pens. <laughs> uh-huh. So what you're seeing with the hair is watercolor and colored pencil. Yeah. Um, so like the that kind of um, lighter streak um, in Mama Rose's hair that's colored pencil. Uh, and then in Carol's hair, uh, it's mainly watercolor. And then the little squiggles and swirls and curls are colored pencil. So cool. It, 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 then, it's beautiful. The, your characters are so wonderful to look at. I think just like what Alice was saying, just to delight in their emotions uh, is is such a treat. I'm glad that you spent the time you did to to really know these characters so that we could mm-hmm. know them as well. Yeah. And if you were wondering, the gel pen is um, Mama Rose's <laughs> pant lines. The, the, those uh, striped lines yeah, on Mama the Rose's pants, those are all gel pen. Yep. The gel pen. This is. See, there's the fun thing, too. When you realize that, like, no, the art the artists are making, in some cases, is like what you have perhaps in your drawing utensils right now. That's what mm-hmm. the artist used as well. That's just cool. (laughs) 
I, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Also, I should point out that um, among many reactions that my five-year-old had in reading this book, uh, one was that, <laughs> that Alice, you mentioned Carol being five and then turning six, and that was a big deal to have an age called out. And also, wow. <laughs> just be, she's five. Yes, she is. And also, the um, <laughs> looking at the cake under the glass that had raspberries on it. Daddy, are those raspberries? They look like raspberries to me. I thought... This is so cute. These like little, little connections as well as the making the bed and that she's not making the bed, daddy. She's playing on it. Like (laughs) (laughs) just the little, the little moments that you gave, just the little moments that you gave and how, how they spoke. I I, I thought was wonderful. I mean, really, I feel like I'm now overusing the word wonderful, but I hope that you're, you're hearing as pure as I can communicate it. uh, The delight that was in this book and and Alice, I, I keep thinking about what types of questions you must get from children when you've when you've seen them before we've been on um, this stay at home or even over Skype on stay at home about where where Mama Rose and Carol go beyond this book, because you've done such a beautiful job of giving us giving us a glimpse into their life and allowing really the life before the book and after the book to just be their lives. And so I want to send credit your way to that as well. I think that that, that, that was a really beautiful thing to just give us a slice of their life uh, and allow them to, to let their story be their story and the, in the story of your readers be different. Yeah. And, and right. And, And so that's the thing, a lot of adults and a lot of children and adults when I share the story, it's like the the concern is like, where are our parents? You know, what happened to our parents? And and that is up for the reader, because if if one child is living in foster care and another child's parents maybe are in the military, then those children already have the answer for that question when they read it. You understand? Mm-hmm. Um, and so so it's like it's open ended it is the story it is then the reader's decision and and the reader's you know own personal quest that completes the story and that also brings me to another reason i wrote it not only did i want to affirm those children who do not live with their biological parents but i wanted to also uh, write a book that will give give young children who are not in this particular situation, it will give them empathy for those students who are, or those classmates and in, in the peers in daycare who are and who they know don't necessarily live with their real, as people say, their real mama and daddy, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that space that you give for those children to be seen um, and also for others to see them, I think is, is, is beautiful. I love too the uh, note that follows the story. I love, I love everything you say there. Um, in particular, I wonder if you have it, I, you have the book in front of you, correct, Alice? I do. I do. Could you, I don't, I don't want to make you read the entire thing, but could you maybe read like maybe the last paragraph? Okay. It says, um, I wrote just like a mama to acknowledge the efficacy of these relationships I celebrate fictive kin, adoptive parents, and guardians who have chosen to love and care for a child when they have no obligation to do so. And as I offer readers my story, 
I dedicate the joy of it to Aunt Pat, Mama, and all loving families in every splendid form. Um, when it comes to, it, I, I, it had not like, I wrote the story uh, that was inspired by a kid in my very first class when I had to teach fourth grade that year, 27 years ago. So that's why I wrote the story. But it was not until Deneen Milner, our editor, said, hey, Alice, I need you to write an author's note. And I was like, okay, let me write one. And then when I began to write the author's note, I began to realize, wait a minute, this is a snatch of a story from my own life because my mother, my biological mother, literally she raised her little sister in a situation just like this. Uh, in 1996, my grandmother died and my my aunt was 10 years old. My mother was 28, my aunt was 10 years old. My grandfather could not care for my 10-year-old uh, aunt and therefore my mother said, don't worry about it. My mom had just gotten married. She said, don't worry about it. My husband and I, we will care for, for Pat. And so Pat grew up in the house with me. Pat was the, uh, you know, she pioneered everything. She was the first to drive. Then she let me, let me drive. So <laughs> Pat was my mother's very first child. And so, you know, I was like, oh my God, this is a reflection of my own life story. And which is probably why when, when I had an encounter with my student, which is probably why it resonated so strongly with me that I wanted to write the story because I did know, you know, I, I did know what it what it means to be in a house where, you know, you are cared for, you are loved, though you might not be, um, you know, a, a, a parent, the biological parent for that child, because that's what my mother is. My mother is one big, you know, one big loving maternal mother. She is the neighborhood mother. She's the my duke for everybody. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I'm so grateful to have her in your life. I'm grateful for the term fictive kin that you note from taking a college class with Dr. Elsa Barkley Brown. And um, just really for every for every ounce of, of love and and care that you both put into this book, it's a really exceptional book. And I think that it it gives a lot of space for Carol and for kids like Carol and for different families, different family situations. And, and especially for those folks that as you, to use your words, that choose to love and care for a child when they have no obligation to do so. That's a lot of big love there. And I'm glad that, that those folks have a story to see themselves in now too. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It's, it's been wonderful. I want to close our time together. Oh, I don't want to go. Alice, I don't want to go. <laughs> okay. You gotta go. You gotta go. I know. This was the same as last time. Um, I'll close our time together. First, Alice, by asking you, and then, Chanel, I'll turn to you, that I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Alice, is there a message that I can bring to them from you? Yes. I would like those children to please in all of their efforts, if they can, to use your power and privilege to help somebody else. Thank you. And Charnel, same question. I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you? Yes, I would tell them not to dim their spark for anyone. Not for any reason. Shine as bright as you can. 
Praise the Lord. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by me, Matthew Winner, in my library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 600 episodes at matthewcwinner.com. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the free music archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and don't reflect the ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Become a patron, and you can directly impact and help to sustain the podcast. Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that is a very good thing indeed. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.